trained professionals at work. Plug the thing in, Marcus. That's down myself every day, Russ. Not plugged in? You gotta plug it in. Obviously, uh, Marcus didn't come 1% better today. Have, have you pressed the on button? Yeah. That's usually a good Is the computer thing plugged in? Yes, yes, the computer is plugged in. Uh, what you I don't was want not the podcast a, people to be upset first no, thing in the week. I know. I usually avoid them. That's why, you know, I'm pretty. A avoid them? Well, I avoid upsetting them, is what I should have phrased it. Yes. Because I, I mean, they know my Twitter now, so that they, they love to let me know if I do something wrong. I, I think you and Russ indulge them, but that's just me. Look, I love the Twitter people until Indulge them. <laughs> They can be very rude, Russ. They're our customers, man. You have to serve very, them. Very, very demanding. You have to serve them. Customers always right. But they, they literally want one thing, and when they don't get it, they're mad. I understand it. I, I feel for them. I, I'm mad, too, when I'm let down by my coworkers. I am as well. It's frustrating. You, you're mad when your coworkers let you down, Bear, and they do yeah. things that upset well, I mean, you. You find unprofessional. Uh, Marcus and uh, Benny Slots. They lost one of our whoa, 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 one of the whoa. best hours we've done whoa, in, in whoa. months. It was a pretty good hour, and it's gone to the As it's, I it's lost to the ages. Yep. How how am I involved in that? I, I don't know which one of us. Which one of you the trained three of the us, new guy? Uh, yeah, you I mean, trained who, him. who's the trainer? I did. He was able which, to get which, one of three just fine. Here, here's You're training another Marcus. new guy, new gal uh, today, and yeah. Chloe. Don't whatever mistake you did to screw up Benny Slots. Don't do it with her. I, did, I didn't. Listen. Come on. Did, did, no. He I'm made, not listening. No. No excuses. Hashtag no excuses. Just get it right. We welcome you in, ladies and gentlemen. Monday afternoon edition of the show. I'm just kidding, Marcus. I love you. It's good to see you, you know, this the, afternoon. I missed you guys this weekend. There, I said it. We talked Saturday for over two hours. Yeah, but that's different. That's like voluntary action. An entire day away from the guys. I just said I kind of missed you. That's when I was watching that show. All right. Bear has jumped into the Last of Us journey. We'll talk about that coming up here this afternoon. But let's start the feel-good hit of the year. It's Tennessee basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Down to what? What? Just that game Saturday. Down to number six. I'm glad you could laugh about it. Everybody else was. I mean, it set so basketball offended. back a hundred years. Ball's down to number six. They are one spot behind Texas, who I swear I recall seeing Tennessee beat them about a week ago. But I won't get too upset about it, man, because I feel like that will first of all it doesn't matter uh, because it's the net that matters more, and I feel like there's plenty of time to fix that and get ahead of Texas. Not worried about the Longhorns right now as much as I'm worried about the Commodores, the Tigers, and the Tide. Tennessee's next three. Got a hold serve this week. Got a hold serve this week. You got Vanderbilt on the road Wednesday night. Memorial Gym, I believe we've beaten them 11 times in a row now, including six or seven in Memorial. Don't want to stub your toe there. And then you've got Missouri coming in here. All right, Bear, uh, the thing about this today, we'll do a little optimistic, pessimistic, realistic. Oh, God. What? The, <laughs> the weirdest reactions to everything well, I've said I mean, so far today. The, the pessimistic usually 
you know, makes me con- it'll you'll end up contemplating just the absolute worst. Well, and then I obsess about that. But that that's not the point of the segment. The point of the segment is to show that the truth is usually in between the two extremes, right? I guess moderation. Well, you, you tell me if I I've, I've got this wrong, Marcus, your thoughts as well. All right, here's the optimistic view of what we saw Saturday at the arena. I'll keep these short and sweet. Optimistic view is nine out of the ten top team top. I'm just try that again. Nine out of the top ten teams played on Saturday. Four of them lost. Tennessee was not one of those four. Beating Auburn still counts as a quad one win, which does nothing but help Tennessee's NCAA tournament seeding case. That's the optimistic view. Pessimistic view is Tennessee doesn't have enough offense to make a run, holding a team to 23% shooting from the field and needing a lucky no call to survive is not a quality win. That's the pessimistic view. Are you, are you wanting to break out the no, blades right now? No, that's not nearly as bad as you can get with like okay. a football team. Go ahead. Realistic is this. Tennessee had rough nights against the Ken Palm 10th and 12th rated defense in the country last week. Mm-hmm. They should be better this week against defenses that rank per Ken Palm number 186 in the country, Vanderbilt, and 174 in the country, Missouri. Yes, Tennessee needs to get particularly its good players, Camwa, Triple J, Fescovy, going. Need to get those guys going consistently. But there's a lot of opportunities to show improvement coming up it's really accurate my biggest fear is that we're out of gas right now in the i think vescovy's hurt i think that's pretty obvious his shoulder he dinged it up again against texas but he did yeah i didn't see that you mean kentucky no, he he did it against Kentucky, but then he re-aggravated against Texas. Hmm. It's unfortunate. Must have missed that. And then you got Zakai Ziegler, and this is the biggest mystery. You talked about it the other night on Voluntary Reaction. It's it's the one thing that I really have a lot of questions, and basically a lot of questions for Barnes. Like, at, at what point did did they think that we might need – a backup point guard that could spell Ziegler for at least 10 minutes a game. Mm. And I'm afraid that's going to come back to haunt us. Mm. I mean, he's been averaging, what, between 37 and 39 minutes a game the past month? Yeah. Yeah, he's playing a lot. Did you see Rod Clark's tweet today? Mm-mm. They released the top 10 finishers for the like point guard of the year award in college basketball. And Ziegler was not on it. I, I don't know who the 10 were, but uh, Rod Clark just retweeted that with, wow. Um, not in the top 10 nationally? Yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I don't watch enough college basketball nationally to have a real strong opinion on that. I don't know who all the other players are. No, no, Ziegler, like – just about everybody else in our team has been up and down. He's had some stinkers, man. He went 0 for 10 from the field Saturday. Yeah, I think his legs are gone right now. 
that's just me personally, and I don't know anything, but when you're starting to air ball and, and you're missing off the front of the rim and he just doesn't look like he can get his – I think he's just tired, man. Well, if that's the case, and I don't know that it is, that's a bad sign because we got eight games left and then the SEC, SEC tournament, tournament, NCAA tournament. Marcus, your thoughts. So, it's, what's the realistic view of where this Tennessee team is at right now? I think your your realistic realistic view is actually pretty accurate. Uh, my concern with this team is just they get so hot, and when they when they're hot, they look like they're the best team in the country. Uh, but when they are cold, it is it is freezing. It, you can you notice it. It's. Uh, my worry is that they're too inconsistent right now to make a run. They're, I mean, they could, they could have three a stretch of three games in March, and it, they just look incredible, and then they just throw up a dud. But my fear is, when are they going to throw up that dud? Is it going to be in the first round, or is it going to be two rounds later? Like, because you look at that game against Texas, it's a totally different team than what we saw even against the win in Auburn or against Auburn. Mm-hmm. You want to compare the wins? They it, they're just they're two different teams. So, I mean, Marcus, do you think these have been one night's a dud? Two games and two SEC games in a row is you know. I hope to God we aren't cold Wednesday night. That that's when it starts becoming a trend. Yeah, no, I agree. And right now we are last. This past week, your Tennessee Volunteers are last in that point per possession. For, for, for the two games of yeah. last week. Yeah. yeah. And, again, playing against two pretty good defensive squads. That so is true. We'll see what happens. I talked to a friend of mine who's in coaching yesterday, and he had an interesting theory. He basically said Tennessee. he thinks that Tennessee's players play so hard on defense because they have no other choice because their coach won't let them play if they don't, that – when they get the ball on offense, like they, that's when they rest. And not that they're, I don't think we stand around and stuff, but I think they, like mentally, it's so take it down about ten percent on defense. They're so on edge that when they get the ball, they just you know relax a little bit. Yeah, you just run in a little bit slower like you're you're taking a little bit deeper breaths and relaxing just a little bit which when you're playing really good defensive teams like Auburn and Florida were will make you look like you did against those teams yeah I mean Auburn uh Wendell Wendell Green Katie Johnson are every bit as quick as the Kai Ziegler and Auburn's quick they're horrible offensively that's the worst Bruce offense I've ever seen yeah, that, that was not good. I, I, I thought – well, and give Tennessee a lot of credit for that because I, I think that they had something to do with it. I thought that was an interesting theory, though. The They play so hard on defense that they look at – they take their foot off the gas a little bit offensively. Makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I also think this. I think when your reputation is you're this great defensive team – and we see the Ken Palm stats. It's the best Ken Palm defensive team in the history of the Ken Palm era. And number one in the net and all that stuff. I think you have this reputation that's out there as being a really tough physical team that the other teams, and we've seen Calipari's always done this against Barnes teams. And I think Pearl 
obviously like their mentality coming into the game was it's war. We're throwing elbows. We're shoving guys. Yeah. We are just, it's like, you have to be prepared for that. And like, it just keeps ratcheting up. It, you know, everybody comes in here or we go into another place and it's just, we're going to get everybody's absolute most physical game. Yeah. Because they know if they don't, Rick Barnes' teams will run over the top of you. Yeah, I, well, I, I think like when Alabama plays Kentucky, for instance, like the good defensive teams, they don't slack on that side. But I think it's just different. I think it's more like okay, we're playing a team that's going to run a little bit and like get get shots up. So the I, I don't think they spend the 24, 48 hours leading up to the game talking the same way about put on your battle fatigues and camo up because we're going in and it's going to be a brawl for 40 minutes yeah fist fight exactly yeah I don't think that they approach the other games that way but I think everybody is approaching playing Tennessee that way now which makes these games look like they've looked like for the past couple of weeks it'll be interesting hey that's exactly what Stackhouse is going to do. It's what he's always done. Like, they always come out looking to throw elbows and stuff like oh, yeah. that. yeah, Vanderbilt punks. You yeah. know who got this all started, though, for us? It was Alabama. Remember when that – how many years ago was that where they kind of punked us before the game? It was back when we were soft. Well, we weren't playing anybody physical. I, no, I, I think this year's different because, like, we've never had this kind of reputation defensively. And I, I would argue that, like, Vanderbilt's team, I think that actually works against them because I think it gets in their heads and they, like, feel like they've got a man up and they can't back down and everything. I think, think that takes their focus away from the things that they ought to be doing if they actually want to win. But I'm not going to give them any pointers because Tennessee needs this win Wednesday night. At Memorial, the Funky Gym, and then you come home and you play Missouri team, which is plays an interesting style of basketball. They they like to get up and down the court a lot more than any team I think in the league right now. So that'll be fun. It should be a fun week. Got to hold serve. Got to get these two dubs. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we have no guests booked this afternoon, so wall to wall, y'all. Let's get as many phone calls in as we can. Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero is your number. Very quick timeout right here. We'll get right to your phone calls after the break. It's Fan Run Radio. The drive continues after this. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM. Streaming online this afternoon. FanRunRadio.com and your free Fan Run app. A variety of ways for you to experience the program this afternoon. Let's get right to it. We'll start with TJ. Good afternoon, TJ. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing on Monday? Eh, doing all right. Yourself? Not bad, man. Hey, look, you know, watching that Tennessee game uh, before I get to the Kentucky game, I was, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody has one, but they're all different, right? So, to me, watching that game reminded me of how Virginia plays basketball. Now, we've seen the way they play basketball. You can either get bounced in the first round by a 16 seed, or you can come back and win a national championship and dominate. 
I mean, they may hit 60 points four times a year because they play such great defense, and their motto is not letting the opponent score even if we don't score. So I can see how Tennessee fans are mad, but I could also see how, hey, you know, it happens. A win is a win, especially at this point in the season. Yeah, I think that Tennessee, I don't, I don't think Barnes wants it to look like those Virginia teams. I, I don't think he wants it to be that drastic. I think he wants to run and force tempo and 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 score more than he probably wants to what he he wants to score around seventy seventy two. Yeah, I I think that you know the Tony Bennett teams and I don't I haven't paid much attention. I assume they're still playing the same style, but um, like you you get the feeling that that was by design. It's like they want to run the shot clock down. And they they want to suffocate you. I think Tennessee wants to play hard nosed defense, but I think they want to get out and run and and score some too. And I think that's part of the frustration for our fan base. Is I think generally a pretty smart breed of basketball fan. Like they realize that we're not trying to make it look that way. It's not by design. No. That's just the way it shook out on Saturday. And it's like, God, really? Like, it's, what's going on here? And it was just the two games in a row, and it's against Pearl. And But then you go back to what Russ was talking about, TJ, at the beginning, uh, in his optimistic, pessimistic, realistic deal. Um, was it Auburn's uh, one of the top defenses in the country? So, And so was Florida. Yeah, and, you know, especially this time of year, like you were saying with Viscovi, you know, injuries – Everybody has injuries. This this time of year, it's all about surviving. So, I, and just to let you know, Virginia beat James Madison uh, before conference play, fifty-five to fifty. So they are one hundred percent still playing that same brand of basketball. Um, real quick, taking the orange and blue colored glasses off. Now we've seen sports stars flip people off. We've seen you know the fans flip people off, and et cetera, et cetera. Let the bird fly, you know. Did you see what happened in the Kentucky game with yes. the blue coat? Yeah, I, I did. I just sent it to the guys. I don't know if they with had who? seen it. One of the, uh, the uh, Rupp's version of uh, an usher. Some old dude in the blue – they wear blue jackets. You know, like ours wear orange. Okay. He now, shot a uh, – you're number one to the Florida fans. Now, he got fired. My question is – He got fired? Do you yeah. Think, yeah, wow. do you think he should have been fired? Are you talking to me personally? No. no but I use yeah, that gesture you, like five or six times yeah, a day. I, th- I think you – like if that's all it was, if there wasn't like a, a pattern of like behavior there. and other things, then is there a video of this? Can oh, I Oh, there's see a pic – look at your text. I just sent you a picture of it. Um, well, I mean, he's letting it fly. If, if it's a one-time thing, TJ, I was like give him a stern talk. Say, look, man, you can't ever do something like that again. And put him on a zero tolerance policy, but yeah, I, I if think... you want to do that, you need to just buy a ticket. Be in the stands, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 a slippery slope, man. And the, I think the worst part about it is, it's not that it just came up on social media from somebody else. They actually showed it on ESPN with oh. three seconds left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. You just got to be smarter than that. What are, gotta, are, is Big Blue Nation upset about this? What's the general consensus there, TJ? Oh, oh, we've already started free Doug on Twitter. And <laughs> all this stuff. Like it's, you know, oh, they, man. You know, 
KSR started the free Doug thing, and even Flor- even the, the, the 11 Florida fans that were in Kentucky's student section took a picture and posted it on social media with free Doug jerseys on saying that he's just being a fan. Any fan would do this. Cut him some slack. So. I mean, I don't think any fan would do that. I, I think there are plenty of people who – like re- regard the the use of the middle finger as an obscene gesture. Wouldn't do that in, in public, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's like you're the AD, whoever's in charge of that. You you pull them aside and like, look, man, you, you can't be doing that. Like, we're not gonna we're thinking? not gonna fire you. There's some people who want to fire you. We're not gonna do that. But if anything like this happens again, you're, you're done. So let it be a warning, and we'll go from there. That's how I would how Very- uh, boss Russell would have handled it. Bear, you mentioned it, 77 points on my way out. I think it was, you said 71 or 77. But in the last 25 years, the team who hit 71 points first wins 98% of the time. Y'all have a go, man. The team that hits 71 first wins mm-hmm. 98. Well, that's what we were talking about. The I saw that stat about Tennessee this year when they are, and I guess we won one. But I, I think Tennessee is now six and four when they score less than seventy-one, and fifteen and zero when they score seventy-one or more. Yeah. So seventy-one does appear to be the magic number for this team. Man. Yeah, that's where I pulled it from. Like that's where Barnes wants to be. Is at that 70, 70 71 threshold? Because his defense is that good. So. Yep. Jay is next on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Jay. Hey, good afternoon, Russ. How's it going? Hey, it's it's good, man. I mean, you know, it's February and it's 60-something degrees. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's pretty nice out. Um, Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, uh, guys, do you think some of the maybe lack of interest or just maybe lack of liking this team, this basketball team, has to do with you know, we've kind of been spoiled with Tony Vitello and Josh Heupel and, and having explosive offenses and it's fun to watch. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a fun product to watch. And Tennessee is just, you know, basketball. It's, it's the best way I know to describe it. It's like Conzo Martin ball, but we win more. It's just, sometimes it's just, it's just a brutal watch. To watch on basketball but we'll win you know we win I mean, a lot more Con- than we lose Conzo did that just, Purdue stuff Jay he put it old Gene Katie Purdue style was Conzo's game I felt like I feel like Jay if if Barnes had just had a little bit more success in the tournament and I'm not even talking final four like if the Grant and Admiral team had gone one step beyond it they made it to the elite eight if last year's mm-hmm. team had made it to that second weekend I feel like there would be a lot more excitement I I just feel right. like there's uh, a big portion of our our fan base, and I will freely admit to feeling this way a little bit. I'm not as quite as down about it, but I think there are a lot of people that just don't have a lot of confidence. No matter what happens, no matter how well the po- uh, regular season goes, like the postseason, there's just not a lot of positive expectations there, based on history. Russ, how do you think the fan? I mean, obviously they're going to be upset if let's. I don't know what's going to happen in March. Uh, I think we'll get a pretty high seed, though. Um, if if we don't 
if we feel like we underachieved again, I mean, do you think this fan base just is going to kind of be like, uh, I'm just, you know, it's just kind of like this is what we are now. You know, do you feel like do you feel like apathy will really start to set in? Well, I, I, I feel like we're kind of already there to a degree. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm still over here trying to figure out. I, I think anybody that's apathetic about our basketball program right now, you guys are complete maniacs. I mean, total psycho. I mean, ap- apathy might not be a good word. Again, there's just a sense of this isn't going to end well. And it yeah. almost makes it more frustrating when you do well in the regular season because you're like, you, you see what this team is capable of. And mm-hmm. if you feel like the postseason is going to end in premature failure, then it makes the regular season journey less enjoyable. just mm-hmm. does. All I'm saying is it's – you say it all the time. Just because it happened before doesn't mean it has to happen this year. Mm-hmm. The book hasn't been written think, yet. We don't know how it's, it's going to turn out. I think it would be different with football because, you know, you're one of the final 12 teams when they do the 12-team playoff. And it's just – even if Tennessee football is a program that gets into the playoff on a regular basis, you're one of the final 12 teams. That's – that's going to be that's pretty hard to do, but I, maybe it's just there's so many teams in the NCAA tournament. You feel like, you know, you should advance a little bit better when you have these great seasons that we're having, instead of when you're in the final twelve. I mean, anything can happen at that point. I mean, that's twelve best teams in America. Well, here's the other thing, Jay is Josh Heupel is in. Uh, he he just finished his fifth year as a head coach. Tony Vitello is going into his sixth year as a head coach. Mm-hmm. There's, they're still so young and such open books. So much of their stories have yet to be written. With Rick Barnes, there's a 25-year history mm-hmm. that we, we've all seen, right? And so there's just more kind of, you know, I, I feel like I'm being overly critical and, and negative here. And I, I like, I, I have hope that he'll figure it out and go further this year and, win some big games the regular season and have some postseason success. But uh, with I, I do wonder, like, say, Josh Heupel does make this mm-hmm. 12-team playoff a couple times and doesn't get it done, uh, can't get over the hump against Georgia these next two years, can't get to the SEC championship game. You know, at what point do fans go from being amused and surprised and glad to be playing well to – Okay, well, where's the championships? Same thing with Vitello. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a good point. Uh, that's a, that's a good point. It's 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 interesting. It's uh, in it, some it's ways, Rick Barnes is almost a victim of his own success, right? He's got yeah. such a track record of building programs, putting guys in the pros, winning conference mm-hmm. and tournament championships, going to the tournament every single year. That people just take that stuff for granted. It's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You're Rick Barnes. Where's the yeah. hardware? Where's the national titles and everything? Like, he set the bar so high that stuff that we previously would have said, well, that's signs of a really highly successful coach program that we're just overlooking at this point. Well, you know, Russ, people loved Bruce Pearl here. I mean, I never thought I'd see a basketball coach be more beloved than the football coach at Tennessee, but Rick – has Bruce beat on every single statistic that you could possibly think of at Tennessee other than the tournament? Yep. I mean, everything else, Rick hasn't beat. 
and that's that's what's kind of crazy. It's it's a weird place to be in as a Tennessee fan when you're trying to judge and and think about the program. It's like he he literally does everything right, and he does it better than probably any coach we've ever had. Now Ray Mears would have went to the tournament almost every single year if they had the 68, 64 team field. You know, back then I think it was like 16 teams or something. You know, um, but uh, you know, so it, it's just it's just weird. But uh, but you know, Bruce had the three Sweet Sixteens and Elite Eight. And honestly, guys, if we could just get to an Elite Eight, I mean, I would love to get to our first Final Four. I just like to get to another Elite Eight. I mean, I would be <laughs> I would be tickled. Oh, come on, Jade. Oh, keep your eye on the prize, man. Final <laughs> Four. That's the Cup of Destiny. That's where we're headed. I hear you. Hey guys, enjoy this. Uh, enjoy this nice day, man. Thank you, Jay. Good to hear from you, my friend. It is rather pleasant outside, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. After the took a long walk earlier today, yeah. had other things I needed Big to do. Big walker, you are. Big walker. I had other things I needed to do. As well, I, I was out there about an hour. You didn't need to do anything more than take one a good long. How long's it been? What? Since you had a good long one. I mean, hell, it's been raining for like two weeks. Oh, I, I, I go anyway. How do you, what do you gear up for? Yeah. You know, a rain slicker. Do you just go and like contemplate like what's going on in life? Exactly. Do you wear rain trousers? It's my, it's, it's my therapy. Yeah. I got a pair of like old, like Nike kind of wind pants or they look terrible, but, uh, wear my old shoes, get out there, take a long story. I mean, I don't go if it's just pouring rain, but a little drizzle. Never hurt anybody. Honey, I'm going for my walk. Absolutely. Don't text. I don't take my phone either. That's, that's, oh, that's so the, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. cause I, I'm a phone addict. I can't go two seconds without looking at it. So like, that's my, I don't have it. It's not an option. You ever get anxious? That's why I leave the phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it is a way to deal with the anxiety. John says fifth in the country in attendance, selling out games. I suggest getting off social media. Well, th- that is the other part of it. How much of this is just our own? Uh, Fans are at these games. They're pretty chambers. into it, pretty loud, pretty supportive of the team. It's not like apathy is not the right word. Apathy is not the right word. There, <laughs> there's, um, I, I don't know. There, there's a sense of foreboding, though. We talked about yesterday. There's like a seam that's about to tear open, and and it. There was a small tear in the seam Wednesday at Florida. and Ricked Barnes. We haven't been able to sew it up quite yet. That may be the best. Uh, Ricked Barnes? Yeah. I can't remember. Better than Rich up. Barnes? Yeah, Rich Barnes. That's just Jamie being a. Ricked Barnes is better. Yeah, because that's, that's what it is. Yeah, as soon as you super, said that. Super elite level, uh, regular season. Uh, the, the young. Uh, we got young men coming in here as kids, leaving as men. Elite culture, personality yes. off the field. Yeah. No trouble. Just hardworking. But when it comes down to it. And they just can't get over the hurdle and get the hardware. Ugh. It's an outrage. Martin is next. Good afternoon, Martin. It's Russell. Martin. Why can't we hit our shots anymore? Well, we played two good defensive teams. 
last week, Martin, and I think there's something to this. Like they play so hard on defense that they kind of view offense as a break, and they're not playing as hard offensively. You think you need to practice one, take one day out of practice, and shoot, just have a shoot around? Mm. I don't know that just easing back, but we know bar. There's no way they're yeah, going to ease gonna off. Happen. It's I, not going to happen. Yeah, but. I don't know if they should. The, you know, the words "ease off" are not in Rick Barnes's vocabulary. I think that he kind of expects the guys to work on their shooting on their own outside of practice. I think he he helps them and. They do spend time shooting free throws and stuff like that in practice, but I think they spend so much time, attention to detail on on defense, and they work on their offensive sets and everything too. But I think as far as just like, you know, shooting a hundred threes and everything, like he expects those guys to be in the gym before and or after practice doing that stuff anyway. Yes. And Marcus. Yes, Martin. Have you heard anything on our Celtics making a trade or trading for anybody before the trade deadline ends? I haven't heard any particular names. I know last week I think I saw they were looking for maybe an extra big man potentially. Um, I think they're pretty comfortable at the guard position. So I wouldn't be surprised if they add just an extra depth down in the paint. But I, I haven't heard any names yet. Yes. Russell? Martin. I tell you what, son, we got to start shooting the ball better. Yeah, yeah, they do. It, man, just the zero for ten and two for twelve ain't gonna cut it in the NCAA tournament. And we're getting open looks, man. It's there. People want to focus on. Um, do you, you think know, the our, pressure's getting to them? It's hard to say, Mark. I, I do think I think Vescovy's banged up. I think Triple J is probably still playing himself into shape a little bit. It, you know, I, I heard somebody talking about, well, we got to get something out of Adu and, and Meshack and all those. And, like, that's great. Like, yes, if we can get something from the bench, that'd be great. I would settle for our starters being consistent. Like, that's yeah. that's the thing that's first and foremost to me. If, well, if Vescovy and Triple J aren't shooting well, Going in the postseason, it doesn't matter what the bench does, man. Your guys have to be your, – your main dudes have to be productive. Phillips, and and, and I'll tell you who nobody's – I believe nobody's, come out of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Olivier Camois. I mean, it's it's put up or shut up time in a, yeah, in a lot of ways. Two bad ones. And they pretty much tried. I mean – Barnes did his damnedest to run it straight through Olivier for what the first he took what Russ the first five shots <laughs> missed them all yeah and had he great looks well that's what I'm talking about is and he had one right towards the end of the game that would have put Tennessee up by ten I think it was thirty eight thirty and he got the ball at the rim I'm talking about it wasn't a dunk it was a wide open. Not even lay it off the backboard. Just put the ball, place it gently into the bucket. The guy, his defender had had fallen down. So there's nobody around him. It's just Olivier, the ball, and the hoop. And he missed it. Like, I I don't know how they end up going down and getting a a basket. So it goes from being a 10-point game, which would have felt like it game over, to being a six-point game, and then we're in a rock fight the rest of the way. Why not not just throw it down and dunk it there, Martin? 
I can't wait next year to Pete JP gets here. Estrella? Yeah. Estrella score on the inside. I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, you know, you never know with Barnes. We'll sit here and look forward to a freshman coming in, then we won't see him. Yes. All right, I appreciate you, boys. So only local players, Barrett. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate you. I, I guess. He's done it to some guys from out of town, too. He doesn't just single out the Knoxville kids. It well, is going to come back and bite him on the – it's biting him on the rear end right now. I was thinking about that on on my long walk today. What the kind of things I think about? Estrella, like the fret next year's roster. You were it, on your buckets. walk thinking about yeah. JP Estrella. I was, and some, Cameron Carr, some seven foot five, seven, eighteen year old kid, seven foot five. How, he's, he's like seven like, foot tall, he's like isn't six he? ten. But <laughs> I thought he was like a seven footer. <laughs> we didn't sign Paul Bunyan from Maine, Bear. But um, is he bringing the ox? If I was just thinking, if Phillips leaves, and we can't convince any of the seniors to come back for a COVID year, like what's that team going to look like next year? Zakai, BJ, Freddie buckets, Toby Awaka, Toby Awaka, Adu, uh, Adu, Mayshack, DJ Jefferson, Mayshack. Here's my start. Here's not what Russell would start, but this is right now tentatively the starting lineup like in October, the way I see Barnes going at it. It's going to be Ziegler at the point, DeLeon and Meshack on the wings, and then Adu and Awaka inside. And I know. Who the hell is going to score? <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, like, because he's going to look at it. The defense is non-negotiable. I think DeLeon will have a head start jump on the other guys. And I think that's the – like, he's going to start Meshack next year. I'm just telling you right now. It might not be a bad thing. I'm, I'm not saying that's terrible because I think Meshack's a great defensive player and his offense has shown flashes that I didn't think we would see this year. We, we've seen that. He had a nice little move in a mid-range shot Saturday against Auburn. He just hadn't had the minutes to where he has to do that. But Barnes loves him. Loves him. Meshack, you will start next year. Bear's stunned. Like he is, he is, he's has, speechless. Just looking into the distance. I'm trying to figure out who on this – who out of this deal – like, who of these guys won't be here next year? Guys that you were naming off. You I mean, think I, we lose any to the portal? I think that if history is an indicator, yeah, I, I think that there will be at least one guy leave. Hmm. Not going to speculate on who it might be, even though we all are won't do it publicly. We'll just let you play that little game in your head. 865-546-8200, your number to get on board, 546-8200, if you want to jump on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Coming up, Athlon Sports has released their 2023 SEC football roster rankings. They did that thing where they, they used 247, 
and they averaged out the recruiting rankings for the last four years and then ranked the teams as far as who has the most talent on their rosters. And then they also have the records, both overall and conference records, next to that. We'll go through it. Some interesting stuff there. And the man of steel is back. Kevin Steele, back where he belongs in the Southeastern Conference. Reuniting with Nick Saban. I feel like this, this happens every three or four years. When Kevin Nick and Kevin, to... they just have to get together, man. They they can't quit each other. They just have to. I can't quit you. They got to get back together. They've done it again. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio. The drive continues. Wrapping up hour number one of the show here on a beautiful Monday in East Tennessee. Uh, Mar- if Martin is still listening, Martin, our resident fact checker, Twitter fact checker, Brian Hunsucker, set this in just for Martin. All right. Is a tweet from Christopher Lavinio, who is the digital strategy and performance media guy for IMAX. I, I don't. I can't tell. iHeartRadio. It's just. I don't know who he works for. I don't know how Brian Hunsucker found this, but he finds everything. So uh, he says, quote, by the way, this is from Stephen A. Smith on First Take this morning. Hearing that Kevin Durant is on the verge of potentially being moved. Oh. Obviously, we've all been speculating about that, that he may be moved. I'm hearing Boston is making some calls. Keep your eye on Jalen Brown. Keep your eye on that. They trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Huh. How's Durant doing this year? Is he putting up? He ain't getting numbers? any younger. No, he's not. Kevin Durant got old. Yeah, but he's also been paired with Kyrie and Ben Simmons, two of the most overrated quote unquote stars in the league right now. I don't know, man. I've gotten vibes from – I guess this is going all the way back to when he forced the trade to Golden State that uh, that Durant is kind of – his head not necessarily in the right place all the time either. No. He took, took the easy way out, going to Golden State to chase titles. Okay, it's whatever. He had that weird thing where he got caught on his burner Twitter account Talking that was to hilarious. people about himself, feel like he's had a couple of other like boneheaded kind yeah, of just things. moments. Where it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're Kevin Durant. You're like the second best basketball player of your generation. Why do you care about anything other than just, hooping? Yeah, <laughs> getting better at your craft, man. Enjoying your money. Thirty-four years old. I mean, what do you think? You, you trade Jalen Brown? I think you'd have to, man. Jalen Brown's not that good, is he? Mm, I mean, I like him. I mean, ultimately, you're gonna have your team is built around Tatum. Like, it, it doesn't matter anyone else on that team. I will point out, like that 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 seems like a strange coexist thing. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I will probably wouldn't trade Tatum for him. Hmm. Just because Durant's a better player, higher ceiling, but you're going to have Tatum for. Yeah, you aren't. 
at least, you know, what, five, seven, ten more years, something yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, Jalen uh, Brown is only 26 compared to Kevin Durant, who is 34. Big thing for your Celtics so. is how's, how's uh, um, God, Robert uh, Parrish? No. Oh, uh, Williams. Yeah, how's his knee? Is he back all the way? He, I think he came back fairly recently. I, I haven't watched the last couple of games. He had like cartilage issues, right? He, he, had, uh, he had an injury during the postseason last year, and it just lingered, and they had to do some sort of surgery. Um, no, Time Lord's, I mean, he's been he's been rock solid. It's good to have him back out there. So they have a really good roster together. That's why this interim coach has done so well with, with this team. So. All right, that's enough NBA talk. I was, wow. That, wow. That's it, yeah. Calling a moratorium. Moving forward. C. Payne on Twitter says, I think a lot of the problem is some fans are having a football team mentality with the basketball team, meaning they seem to think if the basketball team loses one game, it's the end of the world like it is in football. Again, like I think there's a lot of different factors that go into people not feeling great about the basketball team, even though they're in the top ten. I think that's one of them. But I think the biggest one is just the fear and expectation that the postseason is not going to go well for this team yet again. Yeah, and but I don't that's that's where I get off. Get off the train at that point. I can't I, I can't go there with everybody. I'm gonna be hopeful. I think you can do both. I think you <laughs> I can think you could walk that line. Yeah, but a lot of the people we talk to they aren't walking the line, Russell. Well, it's one of those They're things drowning where in misery already. It's that old philosophy of preparing for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah. And if that's well, yeah, that's where I'm at. If anything if if anything goes above my expectations like if we make it to that sweet 16 level and i know this is not the mentality a winning program should have this is probably not the way alabama fans are thinking right now with nate oates in charge but when you have the kind of postseason record rick barnes does have i just look at it as it's gravy from there on like you make it to that second weekend it's like okay just roll the dice let's see what happens i'm not expecting to go any further at that point you just want to make the second weekend. Hoping to, but not expecting to. I don't even know if I'm expecting to make it to the second weekend right now. I mean, you could see what, a what team you... that plays defense just as good as Auburn and Florida does in the second round. That's entirely possible. Stay with us. Hour number two of the drive coming up. Marcus has your top four at four. Back with more right after this.